Hello and welcome back to Up The Villa podcast and welcome to our match preview for Aston Villa against Fulham on Sunday. Another big, big game for Aston Villa. We're going for 13 home Premier League wins in a row, which is absolutely massive. But I've got a treat for you on this episode today. Um, I've been doing recently a couple of in-depth analysis episodes on the opposition teams. And I know a lot of you have really been enjoying them when I've gone in depth and gone into detail on the way that they play. So I've done that again today for Fulham. I'm riding solo. Justin's on holiday. And as of a European week, the content is just crammed in where we can sort of get it, record it and put it out there. So basically, it's just me pretty much all week, really. So that's why all the episodes are me doing them. But um, I've got a good one in store for you. So sit back, enjoy. Uh, we've got loads to go through. Um, so first of all, I really want to talk about Fulham because, and more so Marco Silva, because he's a coach that I rate really, really highly. I've been impressed with him. I'm impressed with his philosophy. I'm impressed with the way that he plays. I'm impressed with his mindset and how nothing is a problem. If he doesn't have the correct players, then he continues with his philosophy. And I've got a lot of time for that. I've got a lot of time for managers that are forward thinking and then, and coaches that try to do and play football tactically in the right way and that's whether that's being aggressive or playing football out from the back being bold with your selection so Marco Silva I rate really really highly but Fulham have gone through a bit of a sounds weird really a transitional period in their second season in the Premier League and one of the big reasons for that is Mitrovic leaving Mitrovic was the focal point of this Fulham side. And not only was he the focal point, he was the goal scorer. And for all of Fulham's great play and the way that they played last year, you know, they, they survived easily last year, didn't they? They weren't ever involved in a relegation battle. The system was working brilliantly. Mitrovic was firing goals, which was important. And his XG ratio per chance per game was was really up there for Fulham. And he was sort of carrying Fulham at one point last season. His XG was far greater than what um, it should have been. So, you know, with that being said, he was the goal scorer that they'd always needed in the Premier League to survive and not be that sort of up and down side in the Premier League. And with his departure has left a massive void in the Fulham side and there's a severe lack of goals. And when you look across the team now, you're looking at it and you're thinking, where are the goals going to come from? And and every Premier League side needs a goal scorer. If you're in the Premier League and you don't have a goal scorer, then you are probably going to be bottom bottom 12, you'll be below 12 and, and you'll be in that mix. So, you know, I really feel for Silva because he's he's had his prized assets took away and he's tried to build the team. He's trying to play out from the back um, and they're, they're struggling at the minute. And I think they're going to struggle in this game against Aston Villa as well. So um, I think it's going to be a long season for them. I think they are probably going to be in and around 15th, 14th this season. Um, unless certain players can 
and go on a purple patch and start scoring. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a look at their style of play. We're going to have a look at what they're trying to do in possession, out of possession. And then I've got some images and to back up where I think their frailties lie and where Aston Villa can really do some damage. And we'll do the predicted lineup. We'll we'll have a look at the uh, score predictions at the end as well. So it's going to be a jam-packed episode. So enjoy. Right, so let's go to the tactical pad then. Let's just have a brief little look at what Fulham are trying to do and, and what are they and how do they play. So, in essence, they are a 4-2-3-1 side. They, they sit up in a 4-2-3-1. When they have the ball, they want to become the 4-2-3-1. When they don't have the ball, they will be pressing in a 4-4-2, which might help Aston Villa. Now, when they do have the ball, the 4-2-3-1 changes into a completely different formation. So, what we see is Palina will move into a holding role. And Pereira will move up slightly and Awobi will move into an opposite, into the opposite side. So they're happy to leave Polina as that holding sort of midfield defensive destroyer and they allow him to do his general role. I always thought that Fulham attacked predominantly with width out wide with their wingers, but by doing... And watching them this season, what I'm starting to see is that their wingers invert and sit a little bit more inside. They're more like inverted players rather than out and out wingers. So what you'll see is Wilson will come inside a little bit. So he'll come into that area through there. And then what they want to do is they want their fullbacks, Robinson to bomb on and Castagna to bomb on. So then their midfield, in essence, becomes a 2 1 4 if that if that's how is that's how you want to call it. So they're really they're really comfortable in possession, leaving the two. Pelina can add the cover through there. You've got Awobi and Pereira, and then you've got the midfield attackers, and then you've got the strikers as well. So in essence, that's how they evolve and that's how their they, their shape shifts. They're heavy on both sides with two players in Wilson and Willian, and then Castagna and Robinson as well backing up. And they're all about making these triangles. So you'll see that they're heavy on triangles. You've got triangles through there, and then you've got a triangle on this uh, right-hand side as well. And then in essence, you can create another triangle with the striker to the midfielders and the players that are offering the width as well. So it's it's good to see how this formation it evolves and moves when they do have the ball. They're a good team on transition, and we saw that against Manchester United. So when they were in transition, they, they were very, very good. Uh, they were very unfortunate not to beat Man City, uh, Man United, in my opinion. I thought they played really, really well. So I want to talk about as well now how they they press, and their press is quite important to them. So the way that they press is they will be in a um, they'll be in a four four two. So you've got Whitf out there, you've got a Wobi, you've got uh, and then you've got Wilson. So they'll be in a four four two when they are pressing. Now their press is quite unique as well in the sense of they press quite aggressively, and they're not afraid to press and they're not afraid to win the ball higher up. So what happens is with this ball goes to Conta. So the striker will trigger the press 
when the when the central defender gets the ball. So you'll see Munez will be running to Konsa, and his run will be curved. So his run will be curved on an arch like this. So Munez's run will be arched round to Konsa because what Fulham want to do is they want to engage Villa to pass this ball to that right-hand side. Once that ball's gone to the right-hand side, it triggers the press and every single player then, whether we've got Villa players in these positions, will be triggered to move into these areas here. So everything will shift across when that ball goes to that left-hand side. But what it does leave is it leaves the overload for the opposition side on the opposite side. They will heavily press. And then that ball there is enabled for the switch. So the switch will always be on when Fulham have pressed. And they will fully press to that left-hand side. Now, if the ball goes to the opposite side, so if this ball has gone to Pau Torres, Let's just get the ball to Pau Torres. So if the ball's gone to Pau Torres and Pereira was on that left-hand side, it would be the striker that goes and sits on the double pivot. And then Pereira would be the one that would arch his run. So his run would be arched to Pau. And then they would want Pau to pass the ball to Luke Dean. The ball would go to Luke Dean. And the whole press then, everything then, would be shifted and moved to the opposite side. So... The way that they press is good. It's it's a good press, but they do fully commit to this press. So there will be always that overload on the opposite side. Now, talking about the press, and I want to highlight some images to show you how that press is worked. So this was last season against Arsenal. You can see that they are in full press mode now. The ball is now going to a midfielder then the ball is now going to go back to uh, an inside forward and then the final shot here is the ball as they've been pressed to the byline but what you can see is if i just get the right color what i was saying about once everybody has committed to their press you can see every fulham player is actively pressing an arsenal player on that opposite side, that's the get-out ball. Now, if we can pass intricately, move it around, and then look for that switch, then we will be away in acres of space, and Arsenal scored from this goal as well. This season, when Fulham have got the ball, this is a weakness as well when Fulham are trying to play it from the back. Fulham take massive, massive amounts of risks when playing out from the back. And they've conceded so many goals this season by playing out from the back poorly. And Bassey is one of them who, as soon as Bassey gets the ball, you want to press Bassey. Because in this instance, he gave the ball away and he tried to find that ball into that channel there. And it was cut out and Spurs were able to score. So it's important that Villa press highly, press aggressively, and the mistakes will come from the uh, Fulham backline. Again, this was another one. Bassey, you can see out of picture, he's played that ball 
into a dangerous area. He's trying to play into a central midfielder. It's been cut out by a Spurs player. And then that ball has gone into that area there and they have scored and they've lost the ball. The game against Manchester United, again, they were playing out from the back. And as you can see here, this isn't a passing option for me. This isn't a passing option, but the fullback passes into this area and it's pressed and they lose the ball. And we've just got to make sure that our tactical setup on this press is, is actively decent and we are on it. Uh, again, the goal that they scored, it was a scrappy goal, United. You know, they didn't really deserve it in, in the grand scheme of the game, but they were messing about at the back. The ball was in that area at one point. They were trying to play out from the back and they just lost it and they've they've conceded that goal there. Uh, but there are some, you know, I think this one highlights the 4-4-2 press as well when they're out of possession. So you, you can see here that the 4-4-2 press is in full action. But they do do some things good. I think they are really good on transition, like I was showing you earlier. On transition, you've got Paulinha that's sat in that active player there. You've got midfielders that are moving into these channels. And then you'll have the wide players that are going to be looking for that overlap as well. So, you know, on transition, I think they are a good side. And then obviously they've got that threat. You can see that Robinson here has overlapped, uh, well, inverted on Willian. So uh, Willian then is the active outfield wide player. And then he's trying to get that shot off through there as well. So uh, those are some of the slides and images that I've showed. It kind of highlights, you know, the, the, the points that, that I was trying to make really. Um, about their style and the way that they play. But we know that they are going to be playing out from the back as well. So I'm just going to get the screen back up now um, and I'll show you how I feel like Aston Villa can really press and, and negate the threat of, um, of Fulham. So we'll get where we think Aston Villa's average positions are going to be then. So we're probably going to be looking something similar um, to this. So what we know that when we're pressing, when that when those players are getting the ball, is we know we've started to go with the with the little triangle, and I think the triangle will be in full force. And we know Luis will will make this little triangle here, so he'll probably be sitting in front of Polina. We might have McGinn on this side, and I have gone with Bailey in this game as well. I think Bailey's going to be the player for me. Um, who is going to, let's just make sure we've got enough players on the pitch. Um, so, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Right, cool. So, this is the lineup that I'm going to go with. So, what I think we need to be doing as well is pressing. So, we really need to press well. So, when the ball goes out to Bassey, you're going to have Watkins that will trigger that press. You'll have McGinn on Castagna. You'll have Luis sitting in front of Polina. You'll have Digne, Pau. And then everyone will just screen and congest. And that is an area for me that we will massively get joy in this game is, is triggering the press at the right moments and just making sure that Bassi, Castagna, Leno are pressured when playing out from the back because I don't think they are as good as Villa at doing it. So that is a massive, massive problem for them. And I think we've just got to look to contain the game, control the game. I think we'll go quite attacking in this game. I think Bailey will play. Um, and I think you'll see Kamara screen in the back four. We'll have Whitf with Digne and Cash as well. And I think 
don't be surprised to see McGinn on the left, maybe, and then Bailey on the right. And I just think with those chances that we're going to get when we've pressed them and we're going to have space on either side, we need pace, power, guy or strength. And I think McGinn can do that really well. I, I remember against um, Newcastle last season on Dan Byrne, you know, imagine when that ball gets switched and McGinn can just hold it up and then we've got so much pace up top. I think pace in this game is absolutely crucial. Uh, control and pace for me. And we'll get a lot of joy against Fulham. So there's a little bit of a tactical debrief, a little bit of tactical analysis from myself. I really enjoy going into detail on, on different teams and tactics and opposition. Uh, so let's have a look at then sort of like the tale of, of what's been happening in recent years then. So in the Premier League, we've played each other 30 times. We've got nine home wins and they've got six. They've only got one away win and we've only got three. And there's been a lot of draws. Previous results, we've got a Villa 3-1, Fulham 3-0, which we have to absolutely thank them for. And then we've got a 1-0 Aston Villa win at home. This season, we're fifth and they are 15th. Villa, Villa have won seven. Uh, they've won three, drawn three and lost five. They're conceding 1.5 per match and so are we. And we're scoring 2.4 and they've got a real lack of goals. Like I was saying earlier, a lack of goals. And, you know, we've got to just really attack, attack, attack. And, and, and we'll, you know, we'll score goals and get joy in this game. So you look at their, their form, they've lost to Chelsea, beat Sheffield United, lost to Spurs, drew to Brighton. Um, and then lost to Manchester United. Villa's form is decent apart from the loss away at Forest. This is how they lined up in their last game. Uh, Muniz might be injured, so they might go with Raul Jimenez. Um, so that's how they lined up last week. And this was their average positions against Manchester United. You can see Palina actively sitting number 26. So there's decent shape through the back as well. And this was their passing network so they're going out wide it's actually a quite a nice passing network to be fair they did play really well against Manchester United you can see Palinia is the heartbeat of their team they're happy to play out from the back but what Manchester United did not do against Fulham is they didn't press them aggressively enough which allowed them to build out from the back and that's just something that you just can't do against against Fulham and then this was Manchester United's passing network um, the expected, well, the threat during that game as well. You've got the shot map, United red, Fulham were in the green. And then this is Fulham's map this season of where they're happy to have the ball and where they're happy not to have the ball. So you can see they're happy to have it in and around their own box, which is the blue. And then out wide, you've got, I think this would be a Wobi side and Castagna side where the blue is. And then the red is where the opposition have most of the ball against them. So you can see building out from the back in central areas, which is where Aston Villa are quite strong. And then the grey is neutral zones where it's just neutrally, there's a neutral threat of them and the opposition. So for me, I would be looking at this and thinking we can exploit them down the right-hand side, down the left-hand side, through the middle. So, yeah, it's 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 enough that we can uh, exploit them at. And then you've got their style of play as well. So their their passes per sequence is, is, is more towards that slow and intricate side where Villa are. 
And then you can see that because they are a side that like to play out from the back as well. And then I just wanted to highlight their expected goals. They're currently sitting 15th with expected goals, uh, but they are also sitting in expected goals conceded in 15th place as well. So they are slap bang in 15th place. So that's where they are at. So I'm looking forward to it, especially from a Villa's point of view. I think we can expect to control the game. I think we can expect to have a lot of joy in this game. I think, you know, we are sort of going for 13 wins in a row, which is just absolutely massive, isn't it? 13 wins in a row uh, at home. And then that puts us in real good stead for the... Um, puts us in real good stead for the international break and the game that's coming up after that because we've got Spurs. And if anyone watched Spurs' game against uh, Chelsea, it was it was absolutely mental, wasn't it? Uh, you know, they lost some big players as well. Van der Ven went off. We've looked like his hamstring's gone. Madison went off. Romero's going to be out. Um, I think a dodgy got one. It might be out because he's got a yellow and a red, so he might be out as well. So that's going to be an absolutely mental game. And, you know, it was, it, it was mad, wasn't it, really, that the fact that Villa got absolutely hammered on the Sunday for their high line and then Spurs got sort of applauded by everybody for their kamikaze high line with nine players. And it's just mad how, like, the media will sort of, like, just shift their opinion for sort of, like, for, for, whatever, it, for whatever suits, really. Uh, because for me, when I was watching Spurs with that high line, I was just, I was just like, oh, I, I can't applaud. It's not, I couldn't applaud it because I just thought, what are you doing? Like, you're going to get caught at some point. Like, it was just kamikaze, like, sit a tiny bit deeper. You can have a high line, but it doesn't have to be on the halfway line. So, yeah, I just thought it was um, a little bit mad, really. I just thought it was just, yeah. Um, he's like the media darling at the minute, isn't he? And um, so, yes, yeah, so hopefully Villa can rock up after the international break at Spurs and put in a real big performance. So let's just have a look then at the predictions league then. Um, where am I? I'm currently 14th on 91 points. So I'm not far off from the top. Shout out to Matthew Watts, who's at the top. Um, so let's do our predictions then for the predicted league. So... Wolves at home against Tottenham. I think that's going to be a tight game because they've got injuries and in that, haven't they? Spurs now. Uh, so I'm going to go with a 1-1 in that. I think it'll be a 1-1. Is it the early kickoff? Yeah, it's the early kickoff. We've got Arsenal at home to Burnley. I think that'll be a high-scoring Arsenal win. This just sounds like the most dullest game on earth. Palace against Everton. It just sounds boring, doesn't it? Uh, you've got United at Luton. Lost again, didn't they? Can Luton do anything at Old Trafford? Can, can Luton? Can Luton get anything at Old Trafford? Oh, it's too much to ask, I think. Going to go 2-0. And then Bournemouth... A 5.30 kickoff against Newcastle. I'm going to go 2-2 for that. I'm going to go 2-2, go two, two, Bournemouth, Newcastle. Right, save your predictions. On to the next day. Oh, there's loads on Sunday as well. 
Villa, I am going to go for a 4-0 win. I think we are going to be back with a bang. Brighton against Sheffield United. Great for Sheffield United to get their first victory. Sort of makes it a little bit more competitive at the bottom, which is what we want. But this is going to be a high-scoring game as well. Brighton uh, against Sheffield United. Liverpool, Brentford. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Brentford win. Brentford are really good against teams that are sort of better than them. They're, they're shaped. They're just set up so well. Uh, West Ham with the massive amounts of pressure. I'm going to go with a 1-1 for this one. And then Chelsea, I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. I think there'll be a lot of goals in that. And then if we've got Monday Night Football, no Monday Night Football. So those are my predictions. Make sure you are doing the league and you're in the league. There's still time for you to enter. Uh, you can win a football hamper. I'll do football shirts in there for the winner of this. So, um, yep, yeah, shout out to everybody. It's been supporting the channel. We've got uh, Opposition Preview, which is going to be out tomorrow. We have then got the fan cams that are going to be after the Fulham game as well, then match reaction and then debrief. And then we've got a week sort of off, but we won't be off because we'll be doing different stuff. We'll try and get some guests on as well. So uh, cheers for all the support. Drop your score predictions in the comment section down below. Up the villa.